Hi, and welcome to this episode of In Focus. I'm your host, Alexandra Watts, and for this episode, we're going to be talking about community's role in sustainability. Because this episode is about community, I thought we would talk to two people in the valley who are trying to pass on the cycle of living sustainably. So my name is Stephanie Hunter. I am the founder of 40 Acres and a Mule. So first, we're in Phoenix, and we're going to visit a local garden in South Phoenix. 40 Acres and a Mule is a community garden project. We are growing as a collective. We come out here with the youth. We want to teach the youth how to grow. The youth are here. They get their hands dirty. They're in the soil. We're teaching them the proper techniques and tools that are necessary for gardening. I can't do it all by myself, so it takes a lot of work to come pull these weeds and plant the seeds, harvest the food. I'm very passionate about it. When I come here, like every morning, I can't wait to get to my garden here. I mean, I'm learning something new all the time. I just got here this year, January. So in the short three months that we've been growing, we've got some broccoli, sunflower. There are peas growing here. Um, I've been in Arizona for four years. You have more adversity here with the elements of the sun, from the bugs that want to eat all your food to the birds. I learned from my fellow gardeners here. Some of them have been doing it much longer than I have. So we meet once a month and we talk, we discuss what's going on in our space. This is spaces of opportunity. And I'm happy as 40 acres and a mule to be here, to be part of this growth. Cause this used to be an empty lot. People were using it as a dump site and crime was going on here. Somebody's pocketbook and shoes, you know, you could tell there was evidence of some scuffles going on. So we're trying to provide a safe haven. We meet nine to 12 every Sunday. We incorporate music. So not only are they learning to garden, like we're not just sitting there banging on drums, but it's like your heartbeat. And your heart won't beat if you don't eat well. You know, you need a strong heart. So the music helps the, the rhythm of the earth, the vibration we send out as we put our seeds in the ground. It's a happy time. We want to show the kids that even though this can be strenuous work, it's not easy digging up the earth, but we can have fun doing it. This is my project, but this land belongs to the community. And when you're sustainable, it's for the future. So the future right now is young. Another way to teach kids about sustainability is a book. And not just any book, but a book that is actually unique to Arizona. I'm Rodney Glassman. I'm an attorney at Buse Gilbert. When my wife Sasha and I were in law school, I ran for the Tucson City Council and was very passionate about issues of water and sustainability because I had previously earned my PhD in arid land resource sciences from the U of A. And my wife Sasha was very passionate about literacy. Uh, so when you combine those two interests, we decided that we would write a children's book around water conservation. My wife and I are attorneys. And we like to write, but we are not illustrators. And so we work with the public school system. We work with the Phoenix and Tempe library systems uh, to create an illustration contest across the valley uh, to receive drawings from K through 8th graders to, uh, who illustrate different components of the book. My passion for water conservation came from the fact that I went to school down in Tucson at the University of Arizona. And Tucson, as you know, sits at the bottom of the Central Arizona Project. Arizona sits at the bottom of the Colorado River. And so for all time, the issue of water will be Arizona's 
number one natural resource issue. So we've written our first book, which was Jeremy Jackrabbit Harvest the Rain, around our rainwater harvesting ordinance. Um, subsequently, uh, we wrote a book, uh, Jeremy Jackrabbit Recycles the Can. Arizona has over 300 days of sunlight, so Jeremy Jackrabbit captures the sun. Jeremy Jackrabbit saves every drop. We return to that water theme. And most recently, Jeremy Jackrabbit Builds a House was our fifth children's book. Our sixth one is coming out this August, and it's Jeremy Jackrabbit Hops on Board, which is a multimodal story about Jeremy and his desert friends riding the light rail, taking the bus, riding their bikes, and they visit the lake, they visit a circus. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Arizona obviously has a number of Spanish speakers, both in the home and as a second language. Our daughters learn how to speak Spanish as well. And so it was a great crossover. And what's nice about the book is that the book is actually written in both Spanish and English. So it's not a direct translation. And that way, if someone's reading the book in Spanish, it will rhyme and have that nice rhyming sound um, as if it was reading it in English. We give away up to 50,000 books per year. And we really look to our sponsors and to people in the community, especially from the business community, to see what they get excited about. What these books do is a couple of things. Number one, for many kids in the community, it provides them with a book at home. There are a lot of families that don't have books in the household. Number two, it inspires students that they can be artists because each book is illustrated by a different student artist. And from a natural resource perspective, getting kids to understand that water means life, that certain things can be reused, that the sun has the ability uh, to provide energy and power for certain things. Those are the kinds of little lessons that over time teach children about the importance of their environment. And that's one of the goals of the book. Arizona is an interesting place. We do live in a desert, so sustainability is really different here. And this semester, and while we're focusing here on how communities are sustainable and try to incorporate it in their everyday lives, people in eco-villages live sustainably 100% of the time. I'm in an isolated desert surrounded by open space and dirt roads. On the way here, I counted a lot of cacti. So right now I'm at Wind Spirit. Wind Spirit is an eco-village and eco-villages are communities where you don't only go green, but you live green. Spaces are very small. Your internet connection is limited and you're two hours and a few freeways away from Phoenix. So just how popular is an isolated eco-village like Wind Spirit? I asked Don Clark, who runs the place. And especially, it seems like in the last, since last year, the volume of people inquiring is like doubled. I call it the Trump effect. I actually read that in some article on community somewhere that uh, a lot of people, they don't like what's going on, so they're looking for alternatives. And their alternatives are more focused on community. Well, we got here in 93 and made it official in 96. Don got fed up way before it was cool. And, uh, I had one company that I worked on for 12 years and kind of lost it in a hostile takeover. And, and I was just so disgusted. I said, I, I don't want to be part of this anymore. 
So it started in the 1990s, but it kind of looks like something from the 1960s, especially when you get to the bus village. They have these abandoned buses that are painted bright colors and people can sleep in them. They're, they're comfortable little, little spaces. Save for a desert breeze and some chickens, it's really quiet here. Around 15 people live here, the number fluctuates. They use as little energy as possible and the guests have a limit too. I'll break it down and it will sit in here for a year and it'll look like soil. At Wind Spirit, they use compost. You're actually going to be using compost to help grow food, like real organic food. I'll let Breezy Wilson explain. We have some raw crackers that we make that are made of chia seeds, flax seeds, pumpkin seeds, sunflower seeds, and we dehydrate them. And we do have solar ovens here, solar dehydrators. So Breezy lives in a dome-shaped building with her partner and daughter. It's made of earthy material and is one room, maybe a little bigger than a master bedroom. But it's still home. They have a Bob's Burgers DVD set and a guitar. I had a friend tell me about it when we were making a journey out west. They said we should stop in and check it out. This is our first experience. Breezy came here on a whim, but some people have been here for a long time, like Mark Stewart. He's been here for eight years. It's just so peaceful here because there's nothing, no ambient noise, no anything, no lights. You can see the sky, it's so perfect. I'm just made for the place anyhow. Everything is pretty simple here. Nothing's flashy and every building does look like it could be related to the earth. People go into town and they also have people coming in for things like retreats and even vacations. There are around 10 eco-villages just like this in Arizona. The villages are communities and they're usually smaller and therefore more intimate. And at a time when everything is divided, community appeals to people and this way we can all come together and kind of help one another just survive and get through life. So you have limited resources here and one of those resources is going to be the small group that is in your community. Now Wind Spirit and other eco-villages like it are not these hippie utopias where everyone is perfect. It's not like a Woodstock too. A lot of the younger people I think now that not as many jobs, you know, you get a college education, you used to be guaranteed you were going to get a good job, and there's just so much competition, and then the racial stuff, just all this kind of awful stuff, and people want, want something different, and, you know, we're kind of raised to what's best for me, and how can I best take advantage of this, and that's not a really good attitude for community when you try to do a cooperative thing. This isn't just an Arizona thing. For example, take the Wickenden family. Yeah. I'm Don. Don. Oh, Don, nice to meet you. Hi, I told them about what you're doing. So they're visiting from New Zealand and they're going to eco-villages all over the world, says mom Emmy. Well, this is the first one we've been in, in the US, uh, but throughout Sri Lanka and Costa Rica, Italy, we've just noticed uh, it is an ability to be open and honest and speak from the heart. In all communities, people come and people go. Some are temporary. The people change everything because every six, every year it's different, different group of people. Oh, I stay forever. Donald stay forever. Yeah. I'm here for the, to the end. 
That's it for this episode of In Focus. The music in this episode is by Pottington Bear. The music in this episode is by Pottington Bear. You can visit us online at cronkitenews.azpbs.org. This podcast is produced as part of Elemental, a new multimedia collaboration between Cronkite News, Arizona PBS, KJZZ, KPCC, Rocky Mountain PBS, and PBS SoCal. Thank you.